0: Shalom brothers and sisters, this is a post recording that I have added subsequently because unfortunately due to a technical glitch, we lost about 25 minutes of episode 5's recording. Around 28 minutes or so, the sound will cut out. From there on, I have made the best attempt that I could to reshare the message that we lost and I hope that you will enjoy. You will hear me coming back on and just continuing with the message. This is the Alex Podcast with your hosts, Hebrew Usher and Deacon Manitazik. Welcome, have your pen and paper ready. Uh, Shalom, shalom to all brothers and sisters. Uh, Welcome back to episode 5 of the ELEX podcast uh, with Hebrew Asha and Deacon Manataza. Last week, I believe, Deacon, we concluded uh, the part of holiness, but we beg again by the messes and uh, grace of the Most High to another episode. Welcome to you and shalom. Uh, shalom.
1: Shalom. shalom uh, all praises to the Most High. Shalom to the brothers and the sisters out there.
0: We give glory to the Most High for another opportunity to continue, although we did say that we... we we're concluding the part of holiness. However, it's not a conclusion in its entirety. It's just that we want to place a particular focus on specific topics. And we're going to start maybe doing that and being more, uh, let's say, specific in what we discuss and the topics that we discuss so that we can go in depth and we can look at them maybe from a, a practical, a more practical uh, perspective. But in today's episode, uh, Deacon, my, my thinking and my view, the, especially coming from what we discussed previously, there was a lot of topics that you touched on. One of them that you highlighted specifically when we're talking about holiness and separation was from John chapter 17, where we discussed coming out of the world and being separated from the world system. Which part of the world system it has an element of attraction. I remember one specific scripture that you, you referenced uh, among many, First Timothy chapter 6 about the love of uh, the love of money. Maybe. The, the world system is something that we need to look at from a perspective of covetousness as well. What is the issue with covetousness and why we have such warnings against covetousness? And really, I just wanted to uh, take a moment and, and talk about uh, covetousness specifically for, for the next maybe, let's say, two or three episodes and just have a series on that. And if we can read, Decon, if we can start in the book of Romans, chapter 13, I just want to read from verse number. Um, verse number 8 to verse number 9. Can I request that you read it uh, from your side, Jacob?
1: Oh no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Verse 9, for this thou thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in the saying, namely, Thou shalt love
0: thy neighbor as thyself. Okay, now I think of a, of a particular focus is, is verse number nine. And there they are specifically uh, areas or commandments that are mentioned there. And one of them, they, if I read verse number nine, it, it says first, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Neither shall you bear false witness. And then it speaks and, they, and says, thou shalt not covet. Now, I think when we go to the book of Exodus chapter 20, we see what it refers to, part of what it refers to when it says, thou shalt not covet. But what immediately uh, this, uh, uh, or the alarm bells that this immediately raises is we need to be aware of something which is a danger to our spirits and our um, our manner of living before the most high or, or holy life if there is a part of covetousness. Now, if we talk about covetousness, it's not necessarily that you you already possess what you're coveting. You know, covetousness has to do with a part of desire. Uh, you desire something that you do not have. So, meaning in a desire, there is a danger. You you set your heart upon something and you you wish to have it, and which is I think lust can fall under a uh, lust can fall under part of coveting. You know you can covet you can covet your neighbor's house, uh, your neighbor's car, your neighbor's wife, um, whether it be anything that they possess, and that 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 covetousness is what the Most High warns against. And why I think part of holiness we we touched on this. If I remind uh, the listeners, um, when you were talking about the transformation of the mind, we reflected a little bit on on two stories I had read at that that stage, which was a young boy and uh, and a woman who was a CEO. And the young boy who was given the world, basically a 13 year boy was given uh, opportunities to grow in the world system. But immediately what they had given him, they had given him something which is false and was presented as being the truth or as being life, which that covetousness or that type of covetousness it blinds the eyes and someone cannot understand from a spiritual perspective uh, what is life and what is, it, it is to live according to the word of the Most High, because immediately you start trusting in the things of this world, you start trusting in the possessions of this world, and you move away from a holy life, because your lifestyle becomes one which is, aligns to the world system, and the world system is against the system of the Most High. Uh, in the book of 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse number 2, think there's a there's a passage or two scriptures that we, we're familiar with uh or let's say from verse number 15 to verse number 17 these are scriptures that we're familiar with which if we can read the corner i'd like to just share a little bit talking about the world and why there's dangers in covetousness and a holy life
1: okay first john chapter two uh, verse number 15 to verse number 17 right love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him verse 16 for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but it is of the world verse 17 and the world passeth away and the last thereof but he that doeth the will of the most high abides forever
0: so I think maybe Deacon here, uh, one one of the words which I I probably mentioned earlier on when we were reading in the book of Romans, 13 is lust, and we we see it also being uh, a feature here because covetousness also has to do with lust. It's something that you desire, and we know that desire comes from lust. So although we know there the specific desires which, according to the scriptures, they are not against the law. So we're talking about a desire for 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 food uh, and a desire for 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 drinks. Those are not, it's something that comes up in, in your body. It's, um, it's something that's created as part of um, your nature that your body desires food and it desires, uh, it does, it desires something to drink. However, obviously the most I also does give us laws around what is good that we may, we may take into our bodies. So he also separates when it comes to food. So even when it comes to laws which are permissible, such as food and drink, there's laws around that. What can you drink? You cannot just drink anything. And what can you eat? You cannot eat anything. We read uh, previously in the book of Ezekiel when we're talking about the priests who, as as uh, law givers, and uh, who or read the law, uh, even to the people, one of the things that they do is they distinguish between clean and unclean, including in food. So there's a difference in food to say what is clean and what is unclean. So there's a holiness because holiness is a separation. So even lust, they separate. Talking about sexual lust, it's the same that That's something that was was created, and it's part of us to have a sexual lust, but a sexual lust also has a distinction to see what is permissible. If you lie with your wife, then that lust is permissible. However, if someone starts to have a desire to lie with someone else's wife, that's not permissible, or even other customs of the heathens where we look at when you're looking in the book of Leviticus eighteen when you know, there's there's a, a, a lying with animals, for in for instance, that's something that people it's practices of of the heathen that they do, which are not permissible. Others it's it's lying with uh, their kings. So such things are not permissible. But where I am when I'm, I'm looking at this thing is um, coming to holiness to differentiate between things that are acceptable before the Most High and things that are not acceptable. Now, when we talk about lust, the specific lust that we can see that destroy the soul and the love of the world, part of that, we said the world in John 17, 17, we need to sanctify ourselves uh, and Christ prays for our sanctification through the word, which is the truth. And we are taught through the word now to understand what the world system is and what we need to flee from from the world system so that we don't covet or meaning we don't have lust which are not permissible according to the law. We don't have laws which are gonna lead us now to commit sin before the most time. If we if we take a, a basic example, and I think that's what I want to maybe just look at now, the, the system that we live in today. Uh maybe others have uh, um um uh let's say they're caught up in the system more than other people because of uh, the situations that they're in. Uh, m- example, because of work situations. Or because of family uh, family living situations where you're under your parents and you're under the same household, and you know then the the situations differ from person to person. However, it doesn't take away the requirement for uh, for holiness. And one part of of this life is a, a, to covet something that the, the heathen have, and covet the life that the heathen are living. And there's one specific example, a specific example, and maybe Deacon, you'll have. Views there to share as well, which is I think it's the account which we see uh, in the book of Joshua, the account of um, of Achan, and you know there's something that we learn from that account which led to the Most High destroying um, many souls in war for what he considered to be disobedience because they started to to covet something the Most High commanded that they shouldn't covet, and although to the eyes. It appealed as being something which was pleasant. However, that led to death. And hence, now we're coming here to say you need to be cautious about the, the, uh, everything that's in the world. The last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life, meaning something that your eyes can see. It may appear as though it is good. And I think that's what I want to just explore, talking about things that appear to our eyes as being good. However, they lead us to life. And we are compassed, about, we compassed with that. People being on Instagram, they see that. People being on Facebook, they advertise that. Uh, online shopping has made many things appealing. Lifestyles on television, they start to look appealing. But all of those things which look appealing, they are not necessarily life. They lead people to covet. They they, they they cause something to arise in people's spirits to look and desire something that's in the world which is not acceptable so jicon um i think maybe if we can explore that um that account a little bit in in the book of uh Joshua chapter 7 i do know that it's it's a long passage in a way to to read and maybe i think we can just state for all brothers and sisters who are listening to say we're going to read uh they can read the whole passage and if they need to pause they can pause here yeah? and and read the whole passage from Joshua chapter Uh, on Joshua chapter 7, they can start on the first verse and continue all the way to to the last verse, which is verse number 26. However, we're not going to look at uh, the whole account. If I summarize the story, uh, after after the death of Moses, uh, the children of Israel, they came out and they were going into the land of Canaan, possessing it, and they were destroying the nations that were before them. And when you get into this account, when the children of Israel were fighting against uh the, the nation of Ai, they were defeated, and Joshua fell and he cried because the Most High had promised that he was gonna fight for us and he was gonna go before us. so now, when he was crying, it was revealed why the uh, why our fathers were destroyed, and maybe that's where, what we can read just a few verses there, and then we can jump, but what we're trying to get here is why the Most high destroyed our fathers and we, we'll get we we'll we'll, we'll we'll get the answers here. Can I ask you to read the verse number twelve and uh, and going down to verse number
1: thirteen? Uh, yes, can Just before you move here, uh, on first sure. one two, I think what 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 is uh, basic to take uh, from what you're sharing uh, from verse number sixteen. Okay, we read verse number fifteen to seventeen, but there's something in verse number sixteen that you must take uh, note of. Um, it says, for all that is in the world, the last of the flesh. For all that is in the world, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Mm. So this is not of the Father. When you're speaking about the world system, the Most High did not design the world system as it is now. So when you continue to... Um, To read in other verses, they tell you that the world was given to the hands of the wicked. Now, Satan uses the world to entice, to keep people busy in their hearts so that they do not have time for the Most High. That is why now this speaks about love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, because they are not of the Father, they are of the world. So this now becomes an enmity to holiness if you love the world. You become an enemy to, 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 to holiness. You become the enemy of the Most High. But And then you become an ally to Satan, the devil, because this is his system that now you are um, committing yourself to by lasting after the flesh and lasting after the eyes because that does not belong to the Father. I think now you're going to go to uh, Joshua. I think now what is mostly important, again, as you go to Joshua is that even though we are in the world, uh, physically, there are things that are not permissible for us to last because the system is not of the most high. The system has been given to Satan. The commandments are going to lead us into in terms of what things now uh, we must not last. I think you, we're going to go through the example of Joshua. You say Joshua chapter 7, verse number?
0: Yeah, you can uh, correct uh, Joshua chapter 7 from verse number 12 to verse number 13.
1: Okay, verse number 12. Uh, Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will be with you anymore, except yet destroy the accursed from among you. Verse 13. Up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus said the Lord, the Most High of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you.
0: Now, I just want to highlight, I think it it speaks to just what you shared now um, and added, referring to 1 John chapter 2 about the love of the world. Now, the Most High talks about the accursed thing that you brought in something which is unholy among you. And because of that, the Most High is not your power. I think James chapter 4, verse number 4, will attest to that, that a friend of the world is an enemy of the Most High. But what we start, what we need to realize and what we need to grasp from this is the importance of a separation. See, the Most High says, among you there's something which is not holy. Now we just mix two things. So the Most High distinguishes between what is his and what is not his. What is according to the law and what is un- not according to the law. We, we, when we spoke the last time we talked about being distinct, being different, and differentiated, which means to be sanctified, and a division. So, what we see here is the Most High, when he looks at his people, he sees a mix of what is accursed among the holy. And immediately and automatically, that makes us weak and not powerful, even before the enemies, because the Most High is no longer our power. And the commandment again is to go and be holy. And he says now, because you have the eye casting, you need to go up. That's what he says in verse number 13. Up and sanctify the people. I think we've seen this name over coming up and again. Sanctify, separate. But what we're going to see a separation, the separation we're going to see happening here is separating of a family that decided to walk among Hebrew, righteous Hebrew men and women that decided to walk in an unholy manner, and now his brothers are going to separate themselves from him because now they are, before the Most High, abominable due to certain things that that family decided to love, which is the family of Achan. So now the Most High is saying, up and sanctify yourselves, meaning now be holy. You're not holy. Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, for thus said the uh, the Lord, the Most High of Israel, because he called us to holiness, we remember Leviticus 19. We read there, verse number one and two, talking about the Most High commanding us to be holy, for He is holy. That's First Peter chapter one, verse fifteen and sixteen. So that's what that's the message we've been talking about. So we see a nation that was sanctified and that was separated from the Hebrew, from the Egyptians, the heathens, but now again there's a caste among them, and the Most I wants them once again to be sanctified. If we can read verse number sixteen, Deacon. And um, let's, let, let's go down all, all the way maybe to verse number 21.
1: Okay, verse 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribes of Judah was taken. Verse 17. And he brought the family of Judah, he took the family of the Zaraites, and he brought the family of the Zaraites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Verse 18, And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Verse 19, And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord Ahiah, the Most High of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what that thou hast done. Hide it not from me. Verse 20, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord Ahiah, the High of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. Verse 21, When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and two hundred shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it.
0: This is exactly what we're talking about, the message of covetousness. Now, we saw the warning, thou shall not covet. This is a lust that came out from the heart of Akan, and he ended up sinning. You, you, we clearly see from verse number 20, he does say, I think, after, although he hid it first from from uh, the Most High, he hid it under the earth, because he knew, I think his heart also said that he knew that it was wrong, because he was commanded. There was a commandment that thou shall not do thus and thus. However, he went against the commandment. And what came about or what came out here after they lost? Now he, he agrees and he says, I have sinned against the Lord, the most of Israel. Thus and thus have I done. And he mentions, I saw. And that's why now we spoke about the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. Because it's something that he perceived with his eyes. It was the, what he saw had no benefit for his spirit, yet he was drawn to it. And this is the danger of covetousness and the danger of why we speak about the world system, to say don't covet, because what you see with your eyes can be a danger to you, can be a temptation. It's your sense, it's, yes, it's your eyes, you use your own eyes to see, but you need to be careful in terms of what you let your eyes see and what goes into your heart, because he saw a Babylonish garment, now, it's not that he's the only one who saw this, Babylon, this goodly Babylonian Babylonish garment. Others may have seen it as well, but what, what, the difference is what went to his heart. He saw also 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, and then he coveted it. So it's a, this is what happens when we talk about the world system. We may all see the world system but the perception that comes from seeing the world system is not the same. While others see the world system and they flee away from it because they see the danger of it, they look at it and see it like a snake or like a scorpion. Others don't see the poison that comes with the world system. And yet what happens is that they covet. And that's why there's a warning against covetousness. And when he coveted, then he acted. So it started in his heart and then he performed the action in, in his flesh. He took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth." So now this is Akan, this story that we're talking about. This is a covetousness, something that arose in his heart. After he saw, then the last of the flesh started to operate. And that's why we need to start exercising sp- the, the, the spiritual mind. Deacon, uh, I think you, if, if I recall, and if I also remind our listeners, um, from what we discussed. We spoke about Galatians chapter 5 the last time and you spoke at great lengths when you're talking about the spirit of the world and the spirit of the Most High and you're talking about the uh, um, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, which is the spirit in the flesh. Right there, when we're looking at Galatians chapter 5, the, the, the works that come from verse number 22 and, and verse number 23, we're talking about good works, works of faith, love, joy, happiness, goodness, temperance, patience, all of that comes from the spirit. But then there's also other works which we spoke about, which is murderings, envyings, wrath, seditions, heresies, and, and so forth. Now those works are the works of the flesh. Included in that is covetousness, to desire and to last things that lead to death. Because we can know, as Akan knew, and that's why he hid. It. he knew that this was death, he knew that this was not acceptable to the Most High. Yet, he let his heart deceive him. Because of the covetousness that was there when he perceived with his eyes, his heart deceived him to act against the commandments of the Most High. And I think that's the importance of why we need to understand this message correctly. Because if you look at the, the wages of sin in this account, it's exactly what um, the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says. It is death. And that's what we see happening to Achan. Uh, to Achan when we read. Decon, can we read verse number 25 quickly? And I just want to uh, sum up uh, some of this part. And maybe you'll also have something to add to this. And in, in, in the same book, in verse number 25.
1: Verse 25. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord ahiah shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and bent them with fire. After they stoned them with stones.
0: This is the the punishment for what he did in verse number as you see, rent, he says in verse 20 admits and he confesses that he sinned. But now his sin led him to death. And that's why we see this warning coming up and why there's a need for a sanctification. If we're not sanctified, the simple the, the simple outcome of our of an unholy life is death. That's why holiness we said is a calling. You need to search out and look out and, 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 and search out and look for righteousness in all your works, it's not something that you do as a by the way, it's not a byproduct of something that you do, but it is at the core of your heart to seek out holy works and to perform holy works. Because if it does happen that you last after the flesh, and you, if it does happen that you last after the world, what you do is you actually pollute yourself and now you bring in accursed things into your life. I mean, we can talk about here yeah, a, a garment, one would might not think about it to that extent. The Most High, when it comes to clothing, He does differentiate. He does say the sanctification, even in what you wear, that you not you don't just dress whichever way you desire. We even both men and women. This was Akane kind of men. Both men and women. Yes, most of the time we do talk about women because it's important that they, they 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 dress in a holy way, a way that demonstrates modesty, a way that demonstrates righteousness, a way that doesn't demonstrate a dress code of the world of of lasciviousness and lewdness, and the same with men because even just what you desire when it comes to clothing can be unholy and it can lead you to death so that's why we teach this message in all aspects not to leave it in in, in uh, to leave it as um shalom once more so you would have heard that there was the uh, abrupt interruption as i mentioned that we we lost the sound there i was still talking about under the context of ahan. the message of holiness encompasses all our lives it encompasses everything not only around money as we we focused a lot on here when it comes to covetousness but there's quite a significant portion which reflects on other areas of life clothing as we mentioned marriage is governed under holiness as well so how we live our lives is governed by quite a lot of things i just want to finalize a portion that was not recorded here which we mentioned in the previous recording it is the fact that now our fathers here even Achan it is not a case that they went they didn't have promises of good things in the land of Canaan they had they had quite a lot the Most High promised them a lot but unfortunately his heart was overcharged he became covetous in his heart and he sought Babylonish, Babylonish comments now even when the Most High commanded that there's certain things that they wouldn't they shouldn't do he went and he went against the word of the Most High and he did it. Now, let's go to chapter 6, which is a portion we read previously in the previous recording, which we lost. In chapter 6, we see the commandment where it comes from. I'll read Joshua chapter 6, verse number 18. It says here, maybe it may not even start from verse number 18, I'll start one up in verse number 17. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are that are they in. So the cities is accursed, don't mix with it. Only Rahab the shall live she and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that went. Now verse 18, look, let's look at the commandment. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, keep yourself from the city and everything that's in it, lest ye make yourselves accursed. Why, if you mix with the unholy, you become unholy. The holy, the unholy doesn't become holy. When you take off the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse, you can destroy your brothers and sisters you can destroy other people who you're working with because of your works or your actions of unholiness or of unrighteousness and you trouble them right now let's look at a context Some whenever we go out to war why when we go when we enter to war there were rules about people who feared why are you not supposed to go to war with those that are who, who fear so those specific rules they are so that we don't have instances where one person due to their fearful heart, due to their unholy heart, unbelieving heart, troubles the rest of the nation, which is what Achan did. So let's look at the silver in verse 19. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto a high. They belong to the Most High. So those ones, even when you see them, they are not your own. Don't use them for yourselves. They are not yours. Now they are consecrated unto a high, the Most High. They shall come into the treasury, high, So those ones they should have gone back unto the priest. Now we saw a heart of, uh, of theft, meaning because of covetousness, theft can come out from a person's heart. There's a, quite a lot of crime, of, uh, we, can, we can call it crime, but quite a lot of actions and injustices sometimes because of an, an, an evil heart. So someone looks at something that they covet, Maybe, let's use a classical example. I I just want to use one example that we know as well. I won't read that example, but the example of David, when he killed his brother Uriah because he coveted his wife. You see, so you can see something that you covet, which is outside of the law, and you break another commandment, which is the second great commandment. Firstly, you you break the first commandment, which is to love the most high with all your heart. So you don't keep all his commandments by coveting your brother's wife. Secondly, you continue to break the most high's commandment. You continue to do that by breaking another great, second great commandment, which is loving your neighbor as yourself, that you send Uriah out to the front of battle. But these in activities, they can happen in short. You know, you, you see your friend, they get something, maybe they buy a new phone. I'm just using an example. I mean, I can't pick one specific example. They, I think there's quite a lot. But you see them getting a new phone. Maybe it's um, whatever, it's Samsung and and because you don't have a new samsung all of a sudden you and, and heart grows within you to to down or to speak evil of samsung even if even a phone you would prefer to have now in that instance is a phone you wouldn't want to have because of envy in family relationships, when it comes to brothers and sisters, even blood brothers and sisters, that can happen. Where well, one child can speak falsely against another one because of something, maybe the other child got something or they did something or they passed in school or the, something happened and they become envious and they start to react badly. Others, they stop talking. You find such things happening that someone, you they wake up in the morning and they don't want to talk because of jealousy, which came out or was born of envy or was born Or or out of covetousness. So there's envy and jealousy that is born out of covetousness. And then you find that from a young age, a child doesn't speak. All of a sudden, now they're moody. And you find that that is attached to covetousness. So that's why we fight this spirit and why we teach about this spirit of covetousness because it has other things that follow on from it. So Achan had a commandment why what he should have done when he received those things. But Achan broke that commandment. Now, while we were still talking about Achan, I did mention that in all areas of our lives, including clothing, so we know that um, when it comes to the Most High, there are certain things that he speaks about And one particular, let's say, one particular scripture uh, or one particular verse that we we are aware of in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 22, verse number 5. It does say here, the, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Let's look at this. I know mostly when you call this, it's about talking about pants. Let's talk about a distinction because we're talking about holiness. In clothing, there's a distinction. We distinguish a man and a woman. A man being the image of the Most High. We must distinguish them. There are certain things that pertain to us as men when it comes to our, our glory. or the glory of the Most High, that is exhibited by us, which should not be diluted by how we even dress, desiring to dress in a way that takes away from that glory. Now, before, or even without going into too much detail, because I'm not there talking about clothing, but we know that clothing is important. Consider this. When we talk about the image of the Most High, and you see someone who acts infeminate, who acts like a woman, and, I mean, there's many ways. People who cut their beard to such an extent, they cut such an extent that you look at them and you doubt, you don't know. They cut the beard, they cut their hair, and you're not, you're not sure whether this is a man or a woman. There is a problem. Under this context, you, understand, you can see that even clothing also follows the same rule, that you look at someone and you're not sure whether you're looking at the glory of, of, of the Most High or you're looking at a woman. That is unholy. So, clothing is also important that not just talking about having vain uh, arguments, uh, uh, debating what you shouldn't dress in, it's also important to understand the why, why you dress in a specific way, right? So, when you look at scriptures, I mean, you can look at scriptures which mention that you shouldn't, uh, 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 there's a harlot's um, clothing, right? I mean, we, we saw with Tamara that harlot's clothing is not necessarily skimpy dresses as we see today, so someone can dress in a to unholy clothing, but they're not necessarily, being, without necessarily being skimpy. There are people who wear long silky dresses, but those dresses are made to be provocative. We're not going to say that just because it's a long dress, that is holy. It is unholy. You're not supposed to be dressing in skimpy, skimpy clothing. Even in that aspect, when it comes to uh, men and women, or let's say marriages, why they need to be regulated, and why you have a head. Who, according to Ephesians five, is going to lead the wife? The, there's a key. There's a key aspect that we need to consider there, and the, the key aspect that I can highlight in that in, uh, in in that instance is a man needs to show women how to follow. If you lose your head and your head falls, like we saw with Achan, even the family will die. We are a family unit, and we build as a family. But it's a patriarchal family where you need strong men to build. This nation of the Hebrews, holy men teach women to be to be to be holy. If you do have instances of unholiness, be it in men and women, there is a big trap that even in marriages and when it comes to family dynamics, there's going to be death that will enter. Classic case, um, a classic case that we, we looked at and we can look at now is in the book of Acts chapter five. Uh, the, the context of uh, of Ananiah and Sapphira. Let's go there and just look at it. I'll read from verse number one. But a certain man named Ananiah and Sapphira, his wife, this is a couple, they sold their possession. This possession is theirs, verse number two, and kept back part of the price. His wife also being private to it and brought a certain part and laid it bare the apostles feet. Now, this once you see this verse number one and two, you see Ephesians five is not in full effect. It doesn't matter how you dress it doesn't matter how you behave it doesn't matter how much you give in terms of arms all of those works and how how many fatherless and how many widows you've provided for it doesn't matter this marriage is unholy this does not represent christ and the church now verse 3 peter said unto anania why hath Satan filled thine heart Achan was filled with Satan. He obeyed the voice of the devil who deceived him. Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You lied to the Most High. You hid it from us, but you didn't lie to us. You acted against the commandment. By being unholy, you act against the commandment of the Most High. And you, keep, you kept back part of the price of the land. Was it remained, verse 4, was it not thine? And after it was sold, was it not in thine power? Why has thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Why did you grow an evil heart? We looked at talking, we did speak about evil hearts in the book of Deuteronomy. When it comes to lending to your brother, you can have an evil heart. And then you see, ah, the land of, or the year of Jubilee is at hand. And then you say to, you, you think within your heart that, now I'm going to say that I don't have. We continue. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto the Most High. And verse 5 And Anae, hearing these words, fell and gave up the ghost. And the great fear came upon all them that heard it at these things verse number six and the young men arose and one wound him up and carried him out and buried him verse seven and it was about the space of three hours after when his wife not knowing what was done came in verse eight and peter answered unto her tell me whether you saw the land for so much and she said yeah for so much this is a lie obviously but it was concocted between them now think about how defiled the heart needs to be we'll continue and finish the last verse but Think about how defiled the heart needs to be when a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, they agree together in whatever setting in their family or household to say, we are going to keep back. I'm asking the question as it came about in the situation of Achan, where do you intend to use these things? If you're building a Hebrew community, a righteous community, where you're going to be one and you're going to share amongst one another, where do you intend to keep this money and use it? Where do you intend when the monster is going to give you a different lifestyle, a new lifestyle, which is not going to be cemented according to the old, and you're not going to walk according to the old system? Why are you keeping the things of old? But that's the deception that covetousness brings. It lies to you and gives you the misconception that, you know what? These things are going to be yours. You're going to have them. You're going to be able to keep them. And you know what? You're not. Now, look at this in verse number nine now. It says then said Peter unto her, How is it now? This is the shock. Uh, this is the shock that I, uh, I, I think is a shock that I have as well. It says, How is it that you have agreed to, together? You had an ungodly counsel amongst yourselves, because of covetousness, you came up with an ungodly counsel. What did that counsel say to you? It's a counsel that said, Now we are going to lie to the Most High. We're going to tell the apostles this is how much you sold the land for. And you agree to it. As we read in the book of Colossians chapter 3 verse number 5. Start to serve someone else. You don't don't see the Most High being the power. You start to serve another God, a new God in your heart. Something else arises in your heart that says to you that this is how I'm going to do things or how I should do things. And how I want to do things. You don't see that you're falling into a trap and you're falling into death. Judas fell into the same, same lust. They offered him pieces of silver and he sold out Yeshaya and because of money he was filled but his joy was short lived immediately after when he came to his senses and you knew he was sober what he realized was that it was not worth it however and unfortunately it was too late and he killed himself and same for achan when he was approached it was too late so m- the message here is you need to keep yourself before you fall into the temptation of covetousness Because once it overtakes you, you will not see as you see now. You will turn your eyes and you will see the world system being better. You will see the world system being more pleasant, being sweeter than honey. We talk about the word sweet, being sweeter than honey. Not once covetousness is coming. So guard your heart and take heed. Watch yourselves, brothers and sisters out there. While you're in Babylon, wherever you are, while you're in Egypt, wherever you are, do not desire the Babylonish coming. Do not be tempted by all the lust of the world to be taken astray and to be removed from the right way. But keep your heart, keep your charge. Remember again, charge them that are rich in this world, that they will be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the power of the Most High. That is where we end with this episode. From my side, I trust that the Most High will keep you and that this message will be well received. Shalom, shalom.